I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello and welcome back to part three of the Stormcast. Now we must make a confession at the start of this. We asked to just under the shade for a moment because it is peak time of the day. And I'm going to start this with a, a health warning. Please wear your SPF and be careful with the heat. Lots of water. Have you, know you got what? your SPF? You've got your water. We have been guzzling away. I bought for both of us. It's kids. It's, it's I a love kids. that. <laughs> I've got a kids one, but it's. You clearly does. know me too well by now, isn't it? And Abby needs this as well. But Abby and I both admit we've got very like pale skin. Oh, well, I'm very pale we love as our well. Pale skin. So. And we own it, don't we, Abs? We get Ab, me and Abs wear a hat on a hot day. We get yeah, our SPF alabaster on. Alabaster is, is your skin tone. We, we we look after our skin. So yes, we'll start on that note. But it is a glorious day, and this has been an amazing conversation so far. So thank you. And we started at the end of part two. That makes not a lot much not a lot of sense. At the end of uh, part two, we kind of started touching upon life lessons, and this mm. third part's kind of really all about that. And to be honest, you have shared so much already, but I'd really love um, for us to kind of reflect and maybe share some of the big things or the big lessons I think you hold on to. Maybe the stuff you look back and tell yourself um, from your experiences and stuff you've learned. Well, I think as I was just saying there, you know, like I think sometimes you have to accept that sometimes you've got to feel the harsh realities of life at least once to know how you're going to respond to them. Mm. And once you've been through a difficult situation, be it, you know, a family breakup, mm, mm. a death, mm. um, you know, in my, in my teenage years, I, I suffered very badly with anorexia and bulimia. Once you've overcome those things, um, it teaches you so much, like, mm. you know, that you, A, that you, you're capable of succeeding, um, but B, not to worry so much about stuff because you will survive it, mm. you know? And actually, I think, those are the lessons that are most mm. valuable in life. You know, walking into my first job didn't really teach me much apart from being a little bit cheeky, working really hard and asking, can I have a job, please? Because that's how my first job came about. Getting back to work after being fired and it being on the news at mm. 10, mm. that taught me more. So almost like the, the experience of like loss or failure, whatever you want to call it, is, is the bit... Derailing. The, it's kind of a bit, it's, I, I have a bit of a saying I kind of gone about that um, you learn far more than you, from your failures and you do your successes yeah. in life. And I don't and I call them failures that. anymore, I call them lessons. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, if, yeah, exactly. If, if, yeah. A le- if, if what people deem to be a failure teaches you something, then there's value to it. It's as simple as that. And, Everything is a lesson. And though, we, nobody coasts through life. And this is where we need to prepare mm. children better, I think. Nobody, you, you don't coast through life like Disney movies, mm. you know, things go wrong. How are you going to respond to that? Mm. You know, what are you going to do? What are you going to think about yourself mm. in terms of how you respond to it? Because that's the other thing is, is living with yourself, right? Mm. Across my career, I've probably cost myself on paper financial um, opportunity mm. by speaking up mm. and saying, I don't think that's right mm. or I'm not going to do what you're asking me mm. to do because it doesn't feel appropriate. Mm. It was more important mm. for me to do that than it was to go with the paycheck. So something about the, the authenticity, and I think... Um, well, it's just now, like, do you know what's what really interesting? Right, actually, it's just doing what you think is right, isn't it? And standing yeah. by that. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, and I have to look my son in the eye one day and say, don't be blinded like a magpie mm. to things that sparkle mm. if they're not going to be good for you. And stand mm. up and speak up to people that are mm. looking to do something that you feel is not right or is, is morally not comparable. Mm. You have to challenge that stuff. And I think more and more now we do. But to do it as a young woman in an industry mm. that was predominantly mm. run by men are there Maybe moments, a little bit like, of an outlier. Ask it, and this isn't a, we're not in this podcast in the business of talking about like clickbait or journalistic stuff. And not that it is clickbait, of course, but in the sense of you know whatever you feel comfortable. But is are there moments? Are there examples from your career where you've seen something like that just isn't right? Or yeah. yeah, were there times where you had to kind of go? I have to stand up and say something. Yeah, and I think you know I think to, to rinse that now because it would get clicked yeah, on and yeah, picked yeah. up. And yeah, and, and, and we don't and, to work the context of it. But yeah, you've because had context is massive, right? Yeah, yeah. It, it is massive. But you've had to basically. But there are moments where you yes. 100% have had to say, that doesn't feel right. Are you sure that's a good idea? Well, I'm not on board with that. You know, whatever that is. Where um, does that come from, that feeling? Because it's kind of, it's almost like To kill like a mockingbird. A, what's that? To kill a mockingbird by yeah. Harpalee. Yeah, it's a story of, yeah, yeah, I don't know this, the book. Yeah, it, but it's, it's just, of, that taught me about... Um, it's kind of like, it's like the gut of this isn't right. Yeah. It is a gut instinct almost. And sometimes, I, I, you say, like, I know it's wrong for this, but... Sometimes some people will sell something to you or tell you something as if it is a good idea, it is good, and your gut yeah. says, Oh, yeah, I don't see, know that, that's about a life this. lesson. Listen to your gut. I wish I had, on many occasions, le- leaned in harder uh, to listen to what my gut was telling me. But I think when I read To Kill a Mockingbird, I just thought, God, this is it's a really awful book to read if you were sheltered from any sense of prejudice as a child, which I kind of was, you know. I lived in a predominantly so, you know, nice area, um, working class mm. family. I was safe, secure, mm. fed, housed. I wasn't exposed to the harsh realities of life. And then I read To Kill a Mockingbird and it was a gateway to a world of social injustice, mm. historical wrongdoing, mm. but fundamentally the story is about people standing up and doing what's, yeah, right, what's right, even when the whole town moves against you. And that, I thought, was just really important. So there's always been a little bit of Atticus Finch in me. Mm. Um, I read that book at GCSE, yeah. I think yeah. everyone should read that book. Oh, I just can't, you know, I'm, I am... Everyone should read The Power of Now, Bearcott Toll, and they should read, yeah, uh, to read kill that a book. Yeah, to others probably. But. You know, there are some people that you, you can see somebody doing something wrong over there, and you would just turn the other cheek and walk away. I can't do that. I would probably walk in, you know, I would try and break up a fight mm. and say, come on, guys, don't do this, mm. you know. I put myself in there and I shouldn't always because sometimes it's not appropriate. But that's my instinct. And predominantly, I wish I'd listened to that more. Well, and, and it's because it sounds like, I suspect that's always been in you. Yeah. But when you say you listen to it more, is that, why do you say that? Because... I was doing it at bigger tables very quickly, very youngly. So it's almost very in a way you it's feel... Word, very, yeah, uh, when I was I very know young. what you mean. So kind of, it's almost like... It is hard... And, I, and the way I liken it is that when you're a new F1 doctor on the wards, what do you know? A consultant has been here for a long time. You see something happening you're not comfortable with. You kind of feel like an imposter a little bit. I, I certainly did for a good while. But also you kind of think, is it my place? Is it for me? Am I wrong? And you start questioning yourself. and. And, and, and I've had to, oh yeah, as well, I, there's of course some moments where you cut the stand. I was not necessarily even talking about like um, do, uh, doctors doing anything wrong, but I've seen patients say something or do something or something that's not right. I'm like, actually, I have to say mm. something here. But it is hard sometimes because sometimes you, th- you look up and think, look around, look who the most senior person in the room, what are they thinking? Oh, they're not saying anything. 
And that's hard, isn't it? Because then you're like, oh, I'm you've that got senior people that are. So when I first started in newspapers, you know, I was like what 19, 20, mm. so young. It was a much more senior staff member mm. who was behaving in a way that was unkind, mm. unprofessional, and unacceptable. Mm. And the first time I, I kind of ran to the toilet and cried. Mm. The second time, I pushed back mm. and I spoke up. Mm. And I thought, oh my God, now I've done it. And now I'm really going to get into trouble. And Piers was amazing. Piers was amazing. Okay. There were lots of people that elevated and cheered and um, supported in, in my very brief time in newspapers. But there were also those characters that did that. And, and it was... Now, that person had a child mm. my age. Mm. Shame mm. on them. Mm. You know, mm. and I remember phoning my dad from the car park on my very early mobile phone, mm. just going, this person said this, and my dad's going, you bloody get back, in, you get back up there and you tell them, I don't give a shit who you are. Mm. You, and my dad and my mum mm. were like, don't you dare. You, mm. you know, literally sort mm. of like, you know, if it Is was it, a boxing ring, they'd be sending yeah. me back in going, it's don't kind take of, um, that. I think we're, the world is, I mean, I just saw something in the news today and, uh, uh, and, and I saw something and I thought, gosh, like, there's so much stuff now where, like, at last, a lot of things that have been, like, hidden for a long, long time are being recognised. And um, so I guess the real lesson there is that if you, if your gut, if you feel something's wrong, go with that. Because I guess uh, my mum always used to say, like, you have, you have to, you're the one who goes to sleep with your conscience every night. And so, you know, do what you think's right. And what's right for you won't be right for somebody else. I mean, we all live in society by societal norms and rules about, you know, we all acknowledge what is generally good practice and good behaviour. But if it doesn't feel right to you, if it doesn't sit well with you, I'm actually doing a lot of um, work on my gut microbiome at the moment. I'm doing the Zoe programme mm -hmm. and I'm really better understanding how important our gut is and all of the emotions uh, that sit there. So that, that, that saying, your gut instinct, is absolutely right because if you feed it well and look after it well and and, and, and make it a really brilliant environment in mm. which everything that needs to thrive there can thrive. Emotionally, you'll feel A, much better, but B, you can hear it louder. You know, mm. it's, not, it's not drowned in processed foods and well, I mean, if the you rest want of to, our, uh, our, our I lifestyle mean, choices. If you want to increase your ability or your capability is probably the best word, to be happy, then look after those three trillion gut microbiome because they link directly to serotonin and things like that and your mood hormones. So, you know, it, it's, yeah, trust your gut, but also look after it. Yeah, 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 which I'm, is exactly what I'm like. But yeah, I think, you know, if I had my time again, gut instinct is definitely something I would have um, paid more attention to. I'd like to talk but to you about... hindsight's bloody easy, isn't hindsight, it? Hindsight, but then the beauty, the thing is, we, hindsight can't help us, but hindsight... It can help us. I think there's a big thing about like letting go and also looking back and the catharsism and allowing things to go and learn lessons and let go. But hindsight can help others and, and because a lot of the things that we experience, they might come in different forms, but someone else might yeah. experience it. You can help someone. Um, and one of those is actually heartbreak. And one of the things that I found, I find very hard to deal with, perhaps since I've ever, you know, fell in love or had relationships is heartbreak. And it's something I think, especially amongst guys, is not something that's talked about a lot. And I think sometimes it's like less okay for a guy to be to experience heartbreak. So I just kind of, uh, someone that, you know, you've got a, a son that's kind of growing into the world and is probably going to experience heartbreak. It's part of life, isn't it? Yeah. I mean, what do you think about that? What are the things you could share? And I don't know, I just I, I just was thinking about it. I was like, God, Gosh. like heartbreak is tough. And I, I find it hard. I find heartbreak it is. very hard. It should be hard. It's, 
Can you get over it, do you think? Yes, of course you can. Of course you can. Of course you do. But for all of the... It's the price you pay for love, mm. you know? We live longer than ever before. You know, I've never got married. Mm. Um, so I've never done that one relationship for life thing that so many people have succeeded in, which you know, is enviable and fabulous, just hasn't been my path. Mm. So, um, of course you, you can. But the, the lesson you have to take from it is really simple. Don't keep repeating old mistakes. That is the definition of insanity, isn't it? Is to keep going back into a relationship, applying the same thought processes or the, maybe the same choices and expecting a different outcome. Mm. Um, so that was, that's, that's certainly something that I've learned over time. And it will hurt. And it should, if it meant anything, it mm. should hurt. Mm. You know, it's healing. Mm. It's do, healing. Do you think you do fully heal? Because I wonder sometimes with heartbreak, I think you do move forward in, you know, in those kind of mm. things. But I think with heartbreak, sometimes there is a scar that's left. Well, you're talking about in a romantic relationship. Yeah, I'm talking about yeah, romantic heartbreak. Well, then you're clearly not over it. Because mm. no, I don't feel like that, you know. I think part of it is, to, I think you have to get to a point where you've, I think some of it's also like looking back and learning to, I think, le I think letting go can be very hard. I find that hard lots of time. In terms of, I think, you know, you learn your lessons and you look back and, and so on, but, you know, I think uh, if you, especially if someone's quite, quite introspective. Uh, I mean, I, I, I've been single now for 18 months or so. And yeah, some, but some I, of it's, from, some of it's also from, I think some things are also from like previous relationships. It's more like I, I'm very critical of myself and I look back on life and I, and I try to look at things and I often probably, I think one of the things that I do do is I spend a lot of time maybe being critical, too critical of my own mm. self. And that's part of why I'm someone that is so introspective, why I'm someone that it makes me who I am. Mm. But I also in a, a bad way, thing. It's, 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 it also it's, opens yourself up to feeling a lot more. I think a part of it's ADHD as well, that like kind of you do feel a lot as someone with yeah, ADHD. But, I think that probably is a mm, large part of it mm, because you tend to pick the bones of every emotion mm, because that's, that's how you're wired to do. But yeah, I mean, listen, the heartbreak is shit. Mm, it's really valuable. It is. Learn lessons. And, and if a relationship isn't working, there's guts in walking away. Mm. Back to the gut, right? Um, and conceding defeat and trying to retain some level of um, goodwill mm. to that person. I always mm. find that, you know, the greatest way to heal is to just send them off with love, you know, mm. send each other off with love mm. and to part on good terms. Mm. For the most part, I've always been successful in that, not in all parts, mm. uh, in all relationships, but for the most part and, and for that. I'm proud. And I am now applying the lessons that I've learned across these many decades of dating. Um, I hope. It's quite interesting. One of my the guests that I had on recently on the podcast was Dame Prue Leith. And she, was, she got married again at 70. And she fell in love in her 70s. Um, it's a beautiful thing, really, isn't and it? And she was like, do you know what it feels like to fall in love at 70? And I was like, no, go on. She went, just like 17. So it doesn't That's change. Magical, isn't it? Yeah. it doesn't change. So don't give up hope. But sometimes I think people don't break your heart. They dent it. Mm. You know, you've got to panel beat it out mm. yeah, before true. you're ready for the next person. Build and, uh, build but also and I always grow. think that it's really good to have some time out at the end of a relationship. I've never been one that goes from one to the next. No, I'm not. Because I think no. it's almost not that you this sounds awful, like a palate cleanse, but I just think you need to clear your headspace. Yeah. You need to cleanse the air around what went wrong. You carry a lot of negativity as you get mm. over something. I don't know that that's always a good thing to mm. take into a new scenario. Mm. 
Um, but listen, you know, what do I know? The world has changed. I've never been on a date, you know, I don't do dating do apps. Do you not do dating apps, no? Never no had to do apps. that. So it's, it's easy for an old sage yeah, like me yeah, to say that. Yeah. I met my boyfriend on um, a blind date. So I was open to meeting somebody, as was he, and we spoke on the phone. And he obviously knew what I looked like. He's got Google. Mm. I insisted on a photograph up front. Mm. Um, I said it so I knew what he looked like when I walked into the pub, but it wasn't. I was totally, totally scoping. Yeah, like checking, yeah. I was like, of course, and then I did a Google search. Of course I did, I'm a woman. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got no digital footprint, my boyfriend. I see. Bastard. That's probably kind of a beautiful thing though, right? Well, it was almost a blind date. I mean, yeah. normally I would have done forensic research yeah, by date yeah, one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Um, but yeah, so all I would say is keep going, Alex, and let it hurt. Mm. Hurt meant we that all, it was good for a while. Yeah, we all, we all move on, don't we, indeed? You do, you will, I promise. And so, should we do this health fact of the week together? I'm intrigued. So being outdoors in the sunshine can lift your spirits and reduce stress. A 2004 University of Michigan study on how weather affects mood found that people who spent at least 30 minutes outside in pleasant weather had happier moods. Are you shocked? Not at all. It's, uh, it's, it's, uh, it's something that I, I have learned over the years is that I just find winters harder. I just find it more difficult in the bad weather, to be honest. I think we're like houseplants. We need yeah. regular sunshine lots of water and some good clean air good clean air it's an important no that thing. doesn't surprise me at all thing. but i think in my 20s i would have been utterly disinterested mm. in my 30s once i started to become a mum i think that's when i started to to go oh my god walking's good for you because i'd be out with the pram trying to get him off to sleep i think i started to discover the joys of the outdoors very much in my sort of mid 30s onwards um, which is a shame it's a real shame because right up until I went to work, I was always out and about. I cycled everywhere. And I, suddenly, the moment I got a desk job, that was it, you know. I was... Yeah, it, 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 I honestly think, um, I mean, for me, obviously, I've made the whole podcast around it, is that I think being outdoors is just so, so amazing. So I guess my final question is then, have you enjoyed our stomp together? I love talking to you, Alex. It's been a lovely... I, I honestly have... feel it. So I feel, I feel like it's therapy. It is the, well, For me, it's a therapy. conversation is always therapy. I'm just going to. It's always therapy, too, isn't it? Yeah, we're being responsible, making sure. Yes, but, and that's one thing. Can I just say thank you to everyone who puts the litter in the right place, but please to anyone, just be careful. And, and actually, if you see stuff lying around, pick it up. Because yeah. no one else is going to do it, and it'll go in a squirrel's mouth or a dog's mouth or exactly. poor Rolo will chew it. So. Or like cigarette butts, yeah. please stop leaving them yeah, for yeah, squirrels absolutely. to eat. And I know. It takes 14 years to disintegrate. Did you know that? Pe really? Yeah. People on the Stompcast, I'm certain will be doing so already. But I do wish people That's would just put their litter in the right place. Same, yeah. same. And um, how's it been for you? Have you learned anything from this chat? I, I certainly have. And uh, I, well, yeah, oh my gosh, loads. And we actually do um, Behind the Stomp when we react to the conversation we've had, ah. the experience and things. We'll be talking about how Charlie was stuck on the Northern Line, we'll all sorts <laughs> of the context of the whole thing. But yeah, we kind of react to, to the conversation. I think, yeah, I, I, I always learn from every conversation but I think you are someone that is so open I think there's always um sometimes people um package stuff when they're on podcasts and or they they present it in a certain way I think with you it's very raw uh, I think probably one of the biggest ones is kind of that I've I think I've learned from from what you've said is kind of look, learning to kind of a go for stuff and perhaps worry, worry a little bit less but also almost well I took from at least what you, from what you said is like let, letting go uh, as well, like sometimes shit happens, I guess. Like when it you does. talk about that, I don't fear it. To, um, relationships as well, you just gotta kind of 
let go. Yeah. I think is because honestly, is like what feels like a norm, what feels enormous right now, will narrowly make it as a footnote in the book of your life. Yeah, so that is, a, and I think there we go. Then that on that, on that uh, note, we're going to say thank you so much for ha- for coming on the Stompcast, and thank you for having me on your amazing podcast. Well, so Pleasure. if you have as well, I'm certain people will have already. But head over and have a listen. We'll leave in the show notes links, and of course, I always put links and things on my Instagram as well. Thank you. So thank you so much. We need to reapply our sun cream because it's warm. <laughs> We've got the kids in there. We'll get another bottle of water, and we'll have a lovely weekend, hopefully, won't we? Oh yeah. Thank you. For sure, give me a hug. Sure. Thank uh-huh. you so much. You're so tall, I have to go on tiptoes. Now, guys, don't worry, the content doesn't end here. You can head over to Behind the Stomp. If you head to Apple Podcasts, click on the Stompcast show page, hit subscribe either for a month or for the year, and you'll join us on Behind the Stomp. This week, we're talking about how squirrels have nearly savaged us, the northern line nearly taking us out, and of course, how amazing this week's guest has been. See you there. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.